Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Thank you for helping me set up my message today. Great song. Appreciate that. How many know the world needs God right now? I need Him. I want to get right to the Word today. Praise God. I love what I feel in this place. I believe that this is a, a breakthrough service. I believe that there are some things that are happening in the Spirit right now that God is doing that we can't see. That, that he, will, he will minister to people and set people free. Our world is tired of religion. Our world is tired of, of, of concepts of just going to church and just going through the motions. We need God to fix some things right now. We need him to step in. I want to go to a very familiar passage of scripture. I preached from it many times, and I'm going to preach many times more from this because this is our, our, our church history. This is where the church began, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you would jump towards the end of that chapter to verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and good and parted them to, unto all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I want to talk to you today about the essential church. Say that with me, the essential church. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. You know who's in this house. You know, Lord, their condition. We have a wide variety of people here, some with different issues and problems, some, oh God, that need to come to you, Lord, and some that are cold, that need to be warmed in you, Lord, and some that need revived. 
Lord, when we all need a renewing of your spirit, God, and I stand here today in special need of your anointing. Let me serve my gift humbly, but Father, I pray for the anointing, God, to flow in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. The Essential Church, you can be seated. Does anybody remember New Year's Day 2020? Anybody remember New Year's Day? I love New Year because it gives us a, a chance to have fresh vision. It gives us an opportunity to have abundant hope. It's a blank slate. All of a sudden, inspiration for intentional planning begins to come. People get new ways, get new books, new calendars, uh, new apps, whatever the case may be. Uh, they're going to start journaling. We're going to start dieting. We're going to start, you know, you know how that goes. And I believed, as you did, 2020 would be a challenging year. Any election year is challenging. We need to saturate, though, our planning with prayer. We needed to prepare. We needed to be intent to set our focus on what was to come. So those of us in leadership here, we begin to passionately pray and seek God about setting goals for the year, setting the tone for the year. As each year, we try to pick a theme that would help us move forward as a body of believers. And, and so this year... We needed to set something that was very uh, apart from our heart, or from our heart, what God is showing us through vision. 2020 would be hope. That was our word. We started the year off. Hope. Everybody say hope. In the last service of 2019, it was a Tuesday night in Kingdom Life Bible study night. It was on that New Year's Eve that I began to stress us getting ready for 2020. And my message title was be ready always. Seriously, that was my message title. Be ready always. Read from 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The first thing I reiterated to our congregation on that New Year's Eve night was about our vision as a church and the vision statement here at MPC. I wanted to remind us about why we were here. And our vision statement goes like this. MPC exists to advance the kingdom of God by bringing hope and building lives as an authentic Acts church. As an authentic Acts church. Here are some of my opening statements in that message. And I'm just reading from what I had in my notes from that New Year's Eve service. In this restless, rootless, friendless culture that we have created for ourselves, it is there, we ask ourselves, is there anything that provides us stability or hope? Is there anything that we can hold on to in the storms of life? I went on to say, is there a place where we can find peace? From a wandering mind or a troubled spirit, is there an anchor, an ever-present voice of hopelessness? Ask that question. Is there an anchor? Yes, insecurity abounds. Yes, things can look bleak. And yes, the clouds of darkness loom heavy over upon the horizon. Oh, oh, little did I know. 
Yes, uncertainty can cause deep fear. We hadn't faced fear like, like 2020. We hadn't faced an enemy or a battle like this. Yes, I ask, is there an anchor in this world? Is there something that will keep the soul from drifting with the tide of turmoil of the day? And the anchor is hope. Somebody say hope. On that Sunday, January 5th, I opened my Bible and began to read from that same passage in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 5, starting the year off. And I began to minister on this thought, the absolute source. The Word of God is the absolute source. We launched into 37 days of consecration by focus on, on reaffirming the authenticity of Scripture with the theme is real hope in the Word. Real hope in the Word. And how we have needed that hope in this year. How we have needed the word in this year. Amen. We have found that that theme of hope has proven to be dead on and true. However, all of our planning, all of our organizing, all of our starting new things, doing new things, preparing for new series thoughts, and organizing, preparing change dramatically in this 2020 strange year. What a strange year. <laughs> it will not be forgotten soon, will it? It won't be forgotten soon. It's given a whole new meaning to things like normal. Pandemic, riots, racism, and quarantine. Amen. We never before heard of Corona unless it was a beer. We never heard of, uh, of the China virus or COVID-19. Uh, people's lives were turned upside down. Schools begin to shut down. Bars begin to shut down. Sports begin to shut down. Everything began to happen that was crazy. People started working remotely from the, their home. Restaurants were either shut down or they delivered or you had to pick up. Uh, we'll never forget the worldwide toilet paper crisis. 2020. It's a strange year. It's a whole lot stranger than you may and I may think. Did you know that astronomers in 2020 discovered a massive star that just disappeared? Normally, it's a big supernova. It blows up and then goes away. This one, they were watching one day. It was there. Next day, it was gone. Strange. In January, people in the United States... Uh, uh, began to places like I believe it, in, in Colorado and Nebraska began to report mysterious drones flying in the sky. According to the New York Post, rumors flew thick and fast about drones as big as cars flying in a grid pattern in the night sky. Nobody knows what it was all about. How about the murder hornets of 2020? Remember they were coming for us. I come across this report about 2020. Evidently, some monkeys stole some COVID-19 samples in northern India. A video is floating around where these primates attacked a lab technician in a large hospital, swiped the files, uh, the vials, and, and, and took the blood samples with them and then sit upon a, a telephone pole for everybody to see. It's a strange year. That was in northern India. In Washington, D.C., our president was impeached and then acquitted. In Washington State, officers recently spent 10 hours digging out vehicles that had been literally engulfed by giant tumbleweeds. 
It wouldn't be so bad, I guess, but they don't have tumbleweeds in this place. They just showed up out of nowhere. Meanwhile, down in southern Australia, they had a colossal wildfire that are like, unlike, was like anything that they'd ever experienced before. These fires were so massive, they literally created new weather patterns. <clears throat> I didn't know this, but hundreds of billions of locusts swarmed through parts of East Africa and South Asia in the worst infestation of a quarter of a century, threatened the food supply for tens of millions of people. 2020. Never have we had hurricanes all at one time. I think four or five hurricanes all at one time and two coming together. It, it just doesn't act that way. The pandemic also ushered in a bunch of confusion, despair, and misinformation. Y'all, the daily updates was like watching a bad reality TV show. Today we do this, and today we do that. Today masks are in, tomorrow masks are out. Oh, wait a second, social distance work, and then it doesn't work. Amen, and on and on and on. At the outset, restrictions were set in place. They said to slow the curve of the advancing uh, uh, severe pandemic, keeping it from spreading. One word kept popping up uh, concerning businesses and services and jobs and activities that were permitted to, to continue and that word was essential 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 is those things that are absolutely necessary that's what essential means basic and fundamental of the greatest importance anything that is indispensable so so they classified businesses as indispensable essential absolutely necessary gas stations Auto supply stores, auto repair shops, pharmacies, grocery stores, and farmers markets, uh, liquor stores. Essential, absolutely essential. Restaurants only for delivery and takeout or drive through. Hardware stores and plumbers, essential. Contractors and other trademen, uh, appliance repair personnel, essential. Exterminators. Essential. Landscapers and pool care uh, technicians, essential. Construction sites and engineering and architectural firms, banks and related financial institutions, including insurance and accounting services, essential. Phone and computer sales, essential. Community benefit organizations are essential on a case-by-case -case basis. Laundromats, essential. Dry cleaners and laundry service, essential. Health... We just now getting to healthcare. Healthcare providers, hospitals, clinics, and, 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 and things of that nature, dentists and medical wholesalers and all this stuff, essential. Businesses that provide shelter or social services, essential. Newspapers, television, radio, and other media outlets, essential. Let me say that, essential? Because that's what my mind thinks. All right? Stay with me for a minute. Hallelujah. You find that airlines and taxis and other private transportations were essential. Mailing and shipping, essential. Home-based care for seniors, adults, or children, essential. Assisted living facilities, nursing homes, and daycare centers, essential. Pet supplies, essential. Voluntary uh, uh, veterinarian offices, essential. Police stations, essential. Fire stations, building code enforcement, essential. 
jails, essential courts, garbage collection, public transportation, utilities, water, power, and gas, certain city, county, state, and federal offices, essential funeral homes, maintenance staff, and cleaners, and janitors, and doormen, essential manufacturing, including food processing, chemical, pharmaceutical, agricultural, paper products, and on and on, essential. In this great list that I've read to you, not one mention of the church. Not one mention that the church is essential. So I believe that one thing that 2020 must do to us, of all the things that I've listed to you, the crazy things, there must be a reawakening within the core fiber of the church of the concept that we are essential, not by a government mandate, but a kingdom mandate. Not because we're told or not told we are essential, but perhaps because we've read the book and we look at the book again Again, and we say we are essential as the people of God. Perhaps the decision to leave the church off was just an oversight. Maybe it's an absence of, of a well-intentioned thought process. Perhaps it was political. I don't know. The most disturbing possibility as to why the church was left off is because the church world had left itself in that category by its own actions. Amen. Perhaps the church had rendered itself unessential because we have taken on a nonchalant approach to our mission. We have taken a nonchalant approach to our worship and our church church attendance we have taken I don't care I can take it or leave it and then all of a sudden we wonder why it's left off the essential list I am telling you today we need a revival within the mindset of those who are blood bought spirit filled water baptized in the name of Jesus with a concept that says the church is essential now take us out of the building and we're still essential amen tell us we can't worship we're still essential tell us you can't witness uh, we're still essential somebody say the essential church it's the one who Jesus said he would build it's the one that hell will not prevail against it's the church triumphant we are the body of Christ we are the church of the living God as Hebrew writer said the general assembly and the church of the firstborn we are the habitation of God we are the habitation of God the temples of the Holy Ghost amen living inside of us the house of God somebody say I'm essential the ones who are redeemed the ransomed and the revived they are the real wonders of the world they are the ones that should be reminded that it ought to be at the very top of the list the most essential thing is the souls of man it's the hearts of man it's the spirits of man it's answering the question who am i why am i here amen and where am i going to go when i die we have been enamored and talked about death and looked at death and stared about all the death figures and, and the toll numbers. My thought is if it wasn't for the church and those that preach the word of God, people would not know what happens to them when they die. They would not know. I'm telling you, you don't come back in another life form. You don't come back as a cow or a horse or a, a, a killer hornet. You do not come back. Amen. The Bible said is that once it's appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. So we need to ask ourselves, are we asking? 
are we operating in the way that Christ said that we would be essential? May I read the verse to you I alluded to earlier. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I say unto thee, Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Death will not prevail against it. And he said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Does that sound like something important to you? Does it sound like that that is a vital and an absolute necessity? He said that he would build he would edify. The Greek word here means to construct, to make able, amen, to strengthen. Jesus said, I will establish an essential church. I will call them ecclesia. I will call them the church. It means to assemble together as citizens who have been called out to transact kingdom business. The church is not a building. It is a living organism. The church is not an organization. It is a living organism. Amen. The church is not just PC, but it is worldwide. It is global. And he's going to have a church that is essential. But if we don't believe it, we'll never act on it. If we don't believe like it's essential, then we won't live like it's essential. We are members of the body of Christ, the church. The church was never intended to just be a religious institution, but rather the assembly of the kingdom citizens who have been called out to build the kingdom of God. And when the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 1, I read again, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance why are you reading that again because it's our birthday it is our holy ghost birthday that's when the church started we celebrate this year 106 years of church here in medora but really we're not not 106 years old it goes back to over 2000 years ago to the book of acts when the church was born in a flame of fire amen the early church was a force to be reckoned with the Bible says they went about turning their world upside down. But fear has come in 2020 to cause us to sit down and say, wait, we need to hold back. Wait, we need to, we need, we got to quit doing this. We got to quit doing that. I want to tell you one thing that 2020 has taught us is that it has taught us what is essential. It has taught us what is necessary. It's taught us what we need to have. Essential. Essential. I realize we're living in an age. I'm studying for our series coming up on developing a biblical worldview. The worldview today is I'll listen to you and I'll listen to you and I'll listen to that and I'll decide for myself. 
no connectivity, no responsibility. So when it comes to church, it is so easy for when the preacher is preaching to say, I'll take that and I'll disconnect from that. I receive that and I won't receive that. And in doing so, we have lost connectivity in the body. And doing so, we made ourselves where we're, we're not essential one to another. Being filled with the Spirit, being apostolic, meant that you met certain standards of and criteria of how the church was essential. The Essential Act Church reached out to their known world and preached the gospel of the kingdom to everywhere they went. Amen. The Essential Acts Church turned their communities upside down for Christ. Amen. They manifested the miraculous and the power of God. Amen. They prayed until they prayed through. They worshiped as they went. Amen. They followed the leading of the Holy Ghost throughout the book of Acts. It was follow God. Holy Ghost move. Holy Ghost move. Amen. That's an essential church. Anybody can program. Anybody can schedule. Hollywood. Hollywood does a good job making their program slick. The world tells lies very well. Shouldn't the church decide to tell the truth with great beauty and schedule and personality and power and with precision? Amen. That we tell the truth as it truly is being led by the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. The essential church of the book of Acts on day one, 3,000 were impacted and affected and filled with the Holy Ghost as the original 120 began to move and minister abroad. Amen. The apostolic ministry followed Pentecostal experience. Amen. As they preached, Holy Ghost fell. The lame man was healed in the gate and subsequently 5,000 people were saved. That's an essential church. Amen. Believers were added when the shadow of Peter passed by a sick person and they were healed. Miracles happened in the ministry of Philip. Amen. Revival broke out. Amen. In Samaria, many in Joppa believed because Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. The proconsul believed because Paul had power to confront the evil sorceress Eliamus. The gospel spread through Ephesus when demons were cast out. I want to tell you that's where the essential church must be. Casting out devils, praying for the sick, and they recover. Laying hands upon them, and they recover. Have we not seen that here? Have we not seen cancer healed? Have we not seen God touch people's lives? You can't get that in the world. The miracles in the Acts Essential Church were always accompanied by the persuasive preaching of the gospel. The word and wonders go together. What made the early church so dynamic, so essential? Amen. How did they have such a huge impact? They didn't have a building. I said the early church didn't have a building. They went to the synagogues and they went to the temple and brought the gospel there. Yet they found a way to worship together. I said they found a way to worship together. Hear me today. Amen. I realize that there is a, a thought what's going to happen in our future. If one thing we have learned from Corona is that we better be ready to do the essentials no matter how that looks. 
We better be ready to do the essentials no matter what it takes. Whether it's in homes, whether it's in cars, whether it's by ourselves, amen, online or in the building. My Lord, let us believe today with all of our heart. If you're spirit-filled, you are essential to the kingdom of God. You are essential to the ministry and the organization of the kingdom of God. What made the church essential? I preached on it again before. I'll preach on it again later. Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of breads and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily. Somebody say Daily. You don't take off being essential. Continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did it meet their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. I want to talk to you today about some essentials in the church. The church must be consistent. They were steadfast. They continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. In a time of vacillation, in a time of throwing the Bible away, we really don't need this. It's time that we continue steadfastly. We've got to be devoted to this thing, devoted to the things of God. Be unrelenting in our approach to say, I will care for the church. Hallelujah. The disciples in Acts 1 and 14 led the way to Pentecost with a steadfast mindset. As the disciples all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren what did they do they set their mind to follow after the Lord to do as he said go tarry until you be endued with power from on high why is the devil running roughshod over our minds why is the devil destroying so many people's thinking and life amen maybe we need to get back to the concept that the Holy Ghost is essential the spirit of God is is essential. It's not a spare tire to put on when you need it, but rather it's the engine that drives this thing. You've got to have the Spirit of God. Oh, that you would pray, that I would pray. Fill us with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Amen. Fill us with your Spirit. An essential church is a church that continues steadfastly. A central church is a church that proclaims truth. In a culture where truth is so malign and absolute, you know why people don't care about rioting and busting windows and setting things on fire, pulling out stuff? Because they've been taught for years there is no such thing as absolutes. So how can you be wrong if there is no absolutes. I thought I'd get one amen out of that. We've got to continue in the apostles' doctrine. That's what an essential church does. It goes back and says, what did they preach? 
Now, again, it's not about an organization or some alphabet number or letters you have in your wallet. It's about the doctrine of the apostles. What did they preach? What was it that they said? It's not about what John Calvin said or what John Wesley said or Martin Luther said. It is about what did Peter say? He was an anointed apostle of God. What did Paul say? He was an anointed apostle of God. What did John say? Amen. What did Jesus say? I want to follow the apostles' doctrine. If we're going to be an essential church, we better preach truth we better preach truth we better preach truth it's the truth that has been revealed it is the truth that has transformed lives it is the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is amen Romans 6 and 17 but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine or teaching which was delivered to you being then made free from sin ye became the servants of righteousness that's essential the truth is essential hallelujah Paul wrote in Titus 1 and 9 holding fast the faithful word the faithful word the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers the apostolic ministry the essential church must not just merely repeat what has been said but rather get revelation so that we can minister what God is saying doctrine comes by revelation through the word it's the spirit coming down on the word oh God would you show me oh God would you lead me in your word preaching teaching are essential and that makes the church essential the third thing I want to show you that's essential that an essential church does is that it connects Somebody say connects. The word here says they steadfastly in the apostles. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And fellowship. Fellowship in the Greek here means association, community, or joint participation. To share which one has in anything. Participation. Those who grow vertically with God must grow horizontally with their brothers and sisters in Christ. I've got to stay connected to the body. It's essential that I have connection. Why is it so essential? I want to tell you, that's why we're, we're here today. That's why we're in this place today. That's why no matter what, what, whatever it takes, I've got to be with God's body because I draw something from you and you draw something from me and we draw something from each other that you can't get on Netflix. You cannot get it on Hulu. You cannot get it in reading a book. Amen. You can't always get it on a, 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 a virtual church, but rather get it in your spirit when you come in contact with one another, when you come in the place of fellowship. You may not touch anybody, but if you're there, well, you can feel what we feel. A while ago, when the Holy Ghost began to move in this place, it was bringing unity. Why? Because the Spirit always does that when people get in one mind and one accord. We're essential. We're essential. Because we are connected. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body 
fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love here's what Paul illuminates on that thought in 1 Corinthians 12 and 12 for as, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free and have all been made to drink into one spirit for the body is not one member but many why is it important it's just as important for you to be connected with the body as your hand is to your arm it's just important for you to be connected with the body as your eye is to your eye socket it's very important that you be a part and connected to the fellowship of the body why I can't have nourishment without you Colossians 2 and 19 tells us that the body all the body by joints and bands having nourishment having nourishment ministered and knit together the word nourishment here speaks about what is essential to life it's essential to be in the body because you're connected to me and I am connected to you and we are connected to him and we're connected to the other bodies the other places around the world we are essential because we are connected we are essential because we must be generous. An essential church is a generous church. All believers were together and had all things common and sold their possessions in good and parted them to all men as every man have need. A lot of people today are getting by on a socialized mentality of gospel. And as long as I hand out water, as long as I hand out a... Uh, 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 mats for the homeless as long as I'm handing out something I've done my job not until you first go back up and continue steadfastly not until you first go back that you're in the apostles doctrine and you have fellowship with the body of Christ being a renegade social justice person does not put you in the body what puts you in the body is the spirit of God amen and then he said be generous one to another share one for another the essential church is looking for ways to help the essential church is looking for ways to give they continue daily with one accord and in the temple that means the church must be essential in their gathering in their assembly you remember what Hebrews 10 tells us is that we're to fake, forsake not verse 25 forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is that's not just about coming into one building but rather it's about coming through connecting of the spirit Whew. it's essential it's essential Acts 2 also speaks about they continued daily in the temple in corporate assimilation and from house to house in personal a small group assimilation together somebody say together we're essential because we're together we're essential because we're together the next thing i want to show you is is that the essential church is a praying church somebody say a praying church 
prayer has a far-reaching impact and effect. There have been times in this very time of 2020 that you pray here and God moves there. You pray here and God moves there. You pray here, amen. Some of you thought you were going to lose your job, but somebody prayed and all of a sudden mm, you didn't lose your job. Was that a coincidence? No, it's an essential church praying. Amen. There are those of you that about lost your mind, but somebody prayed. Why? Because you got to have a church that is praying for you. Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. It's a praying church. It's a praying church that got Peter out of jail. It's a praying church that'll get you out of your crisis. It's a praying church that brought some of you who were backsliders back to God because it was a praying church. We are essential. What would happen to America today? If the church just quit praying. What would happen today if the church would quit praying? All those folks that hate the church, many of them would be crying, please pray. Please pray. We are essential because we're a praying church. We're essential because we're a praying church. An essential church is a miracle church. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. These signs, Jesus said, will follow them that believe. That will believe. Hallelujah. Jump down to Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. This is what the church looked like. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Amen. Here's what has happened in the middle of Corona. Somebody started singing instead of woe is me, how bad I got it. Quarantine's awful. These kids are driving me crazy. Amen. Everything's falling apart. How about looking and saying, I'm going to sing a song of praise. I'm going to worship my God. That's what an essential church does. And suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Somebody say that's essential. An essential church is a worshiping church for the early church was praising God, praising God. The early church was a worshiping, praying, uh, praising church that was glorifying God. Hallelujah. We're essential because we're worshiping people. We are essential because we are worshiping people. Hallelujah. We are essential as the word the word begins to come to a conclusion in chapter 2 where it says and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved we are essential because we are the evangelizing force of our world we the church not just MPC but the church of the living God is declared to go out and proclaim this truth if we are not reaching the lost we lose our essentiality The church is essential. Stand with me, please. We are essential for prayer. We are essential for preaching the truth. We're essential because of our purpose. We are essential because of our worship, our evangelism, our fellowship, our connection. Lord, have mercy. They, they made liquor stores essential. You know why? Because people were trying to find an answer at the end of the bottle. Find an answer somewhere to drown in their sorrows. 
How about the church? How about the church? How about the place where you can be liberated and find joy unspeakable and full of glory? How about the church where you don't need to have a hangover anymore? Drink yourself into oblivion, but you, 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 know, you wake up the next day and your world's going crazy and you're, you're just messed up and you can't function. How about the church being a place where we need to be? Oh, that we would have the, the mentality of those that were held captive in Babylon, where in Psalms 137 and 5 they said, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. You know what Jerusalem is? It's the church. If I forget thee, O church, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I don't remember you, church, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not the church above my greatest joy. People say, if you go to church, then that's all you want to do. That's all you got to do. Got to go church. Sunday, Sunday night. Oh, wait, we're not having Sunday night right now. We had Tuesday, we had Thursday. We had, you know, we got to, that's all you got to do. I want to tell you, when you get to the place where Jerusalem is in your mind, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, those that have laid sin down, those that are no longer bound by the things of this world, if you understood, amen, if you understood what God does to people and how he sets them free and how he works in their life, then you would know the craving. Why? I can't miss church. If it means I'm in front of my TV at home and I'm just watching the live stream, I'm going to act like I'm in church. I'm not going to be in my, my PJs just sipping on my coffee. i got to get in the presence of God. I've got to get to the where the Lord is. I want to tell you, Corona and all the mess that came into our world made us have to stop back, step back and look at our church and say, okay, what's essential? Bare bones, what, what, what do we got to do? Trying our best to be right. Y'all know it. Trying our best to comply. And I think it was wisdom. I think it was smart. But one thing that this pastor has come to the implication in my thinking is that I want a plan to reopen some things. I don't know how to look, but we need life groups again. I don't know how to look, but we need, thank God we start our classes again. Thank God we've moved in that direction. We, we, need, we need fellowship. So what are we going to do? We're just going to go have our hayride and enjoy the blessings of God. What are we doing? We're realizing that this is essential. And if you believe that, you act on it. Yeah, we'll watch all the, be careful. And yes, and if you want to wear a mask, that's great. That's, that's, that's your prerogative and, and so be it. But I want to tell you, I've come to the point where I need you because you're connected to him. And I need you because you're connected to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're my chiefest joy. Not because I pastor you, but because just what happened a while ago when we're worshiping in the presence of the Lord. The church is essential. It's essential. It's essential. There was a generation my age and maybe younger, a little older, that it was preached 
If you don't attend church, you'll split hell wide open. Anybody remember that kind of preaching? I, I need your hands raised. See how you young folks just missed that? But what it instilled in us was a passion that I got to get to the house of God. But what we missed is that we made it about the house and not about the church. So you still need to be in the house of the Lord with one another. You still don't need to forsake the assembling of yourself together. We still need that. But greater than that, we need the body of Christ. Come here, Bishop, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need him. I need to be connected to my bishop. I need what he flows into me. And I hope he needs what flows from me to him. Amen. If you can, maybe reach over to your neighbor. Take him by the arm. Lock arms. Amen. And say, I need you. I need the church. I don't just come to church for Sunday morning and, and then Tuesday night. But I need the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, I need to reach the lost with you. I need to worship with you. I need to pray with you. I want to shout with you. I want to praise God with you. I want to see people baptized with you. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost with you. I want to see drug addicts delivered in the name of Jesus. The drunkard set free. The manic depressant set free. I want to see healings with you. I want to see victory with you. I want to rejoice with you. I want to shout with you. I'll mourn with you, but I've got to shout with you. Hallelujah. We are only as essential as we believe the church is. If you believe the church is essential, why don't you just lift up your heart to God right now and say, I need you. I need you. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry. <laughs>